Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Team Turnbuckle Podcast, Ivy Sports Wrestling Podcast with myself, Keith Fleming, and my co-host, Ronald Tinsley. Ronald, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Keith. How are you today? Not too bad. Uh, still getting uh, used to the, uh, I guess, the, the current norm. Uh, I don't want to say new norm because hopefully it doesn't last uh, forever and uh, getting a lot of quality time with the dog. I know that. I think I'm starting to uh, like truly speak his language. That's basically my goal by the end of all this is maybe I can figure out some way to uh, – I don't know if you ever saw that Simpsons episode where uh, Homer's brother – actually created a device that uh, lets you know what babies were saying, and I, I would love to create one of those for dogs while I'm at home during this and make millions of dollars. I'd be one of your first customers. Trust me, I'd love to have one for my employee. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I'll try to do the same thing that you're doing. Sounds like a great idea. Uh, so we're going to, uh, this week, just talk about a bunch of different topics going on. Um, we are going to get together, um, either probably Thursday or Friday and do an official WrestleMania preview. I'd like to open that up to the, uh, you know, team turnbuckle members on the uh, Facebook group. And that way, if they want to call in with questions, uh, we will discuss some items that uh, involve WrestleMania, but we're not going to actually break that down. We'll do that later in this week, just trying to provide as much content as possible for people who are at home and uh, probably like both of us outside of work and, you know, trying to watch TV. Uh, There's not a lot to do, and I think most of us are probably binging through all the television shows and movies that we've wanted to watch uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, Before we get started, I do want to thank our sponsor, my bookie, uh, obviously, there's not a lot to gamble on right now, but uh, if you do want to go on the page, they have some future bets. They also, I believe, are doing some of uh, the few sports going on in the world, some horse racing, stuff like that. Just go to my bookie, use the promo code, uh, code IB Sports, and you will get a bonus with your first deposit. Also, want to say if you want to be a patron for uh, the IB Sports page, uh, become an all star member. Highly recommend doing that. Uh, and uh, if you're not a member of the IB Facebook group, uh, IB Sports Facebook group, please uh, join that today. So, uh, you want to start with AEW or WWE? I guess we should probably start with AEW since it is WWE's week. Since we're you know within a week of WrestleMania, is that okay with you? That sounds quite fine by me. All right. So AEW had another. Uh, Really good program Wednesday night. Uh, They are definitely winning the non-fan weekly television show uh, war between AEW and WWE right now. I don't think WWE has been quite as bad as some people have said, but AEW has done a really good job of advancing uh, their storylines. We saw uh, Brody Lee uh, be introduced. He had a squash match this week. Um, The first thing I want to discuss is – In case you missed it, Chris Jericho uh, and Matt Hardy are going to have, I guess, a rivalry feud, and that uh, was kind of kicked off at the end of this week's program when uh, first Jericho got into it literally with Vanguard 1, which if you don't know, that's a drone. Uh, What a world we're living in to see Chris Jericho just basically 
doing a promo on a drone, and then I actually saw on uh, Twitter he also did the same to a Roomba later in the week. So Jericho's on fire. Do you think this is the right decision for AEW to have Matt Hardy feud with Chris Jericho right off the bat and not with one of their younger, you know, up-and-coming stars? See, to me, I think it can be a great move just knowing that, you know, Matt Hardy was already an established brand coming in. So having him coming in and going with another one of the well-established brands is really a great idea. Although, uh, to your point, I can understand how bringing him in to help build up some other characters might make sense, but it would be hard having him coming in and, you know, booking a couple of losses coming in to kind of build one of their other characters. So it could kind of be, uh, get thrown the wrong way. But the promos that Chris Jericho cut were absolutely hilarious. Uh, my God, like he is just continuing to cement his place in my personal, um, Mount Rushmore as just one of the greatest characters. And, just the way he's uh, utilizing both social media as well as, you know, the AEW programming to further, you know, push the brand as a whole is just phenomenal work. He's almost like a caricature of himself now, and it's it's just great. I mean, I, I love the fact that, you know, a lot of people talked about, like, the ridiculousness of, you know, him basically doing it, cutting a promo on a drone. Uh, I also, if you have not watched his reaction to the way AEW, obviously, because they're recording this, they were able to kind of move Matt Hardy around like he was almost, I don't know, levitating or uh, just, you know, doing some straight Star Teleporting, Trek stuff. Teleporting, yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go, all around the arena. And his face at the end was just – it was just priceless. I know it's going to be a gift uh, for forever. Uh, And I do think that you're right that this is the right move, only because, you you know, yes, most AEW fans should know who Matt Hardy is, but if they're going to build him up, it's a big deal, which I assume they probably are. Uh, You need to get him established. And, I mean, the biggest guy probably in the company is Chris Jericho. I think everybody would – say that's the truth so it makes sense to do this match first I would imagine they probably have him go over and then he can start you know going with other wrestlers one other thing before we move on to this did did you take anything by at the end of his um, promo Matt Harder he said he was not uh, you know he wasn't elite and then of course he did his delete thing is there still a chance that they have him kind of go his own way are they setting him up this turn heel? Could you see him join in the inner circle? What do you think they meant by that? I don't know, but it's a great play on words because all uh, all of those scenarios you just mentioned are all possibilities, which is great because it's going to keep us guessing and keep us watching, especially with the, everything that he's going to be saying when he's cutting his promos or when he finally gets his first match. So we're going to be paying real close attention to see if that's just kind of car- uh, carrying the story and Matt just doing his, what he does and playing with the words, or if it's a uh, hint that, you know, broken Matt Hardy is going to break everything else around him as well. well. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, next on the AEW uh, telecast, 
And I love that they did this. I don't know what kind of uh, deal they officially have with the uh, AAA Mexican wrestling organization, but Kenny Omega defended that belt on the telecast against Sammy Guerra in a great match. Uh, I I love how they're building Omega up. We've talked about this just in the last couple of times we've got together that I've been overall disappointed with the way that they've kind of used Omega's character because, for me, somebody who is a big wrestling fan, but I, I don't watch a lot of the stuff overseas and indie stuff, but I have heard so much about Omega being the best wrestler in the world, and they haven't really made him look like that. And I love the way they were calling him, you know, two belts draped in gold. You really got the impression that this guy is, you know, one of the best guys in our organization. And, again, they had a great match. Do you think that they're going to do more cross-promotional things where they have championship matches on, you know, both promotions? I don't know, but it'd be great. Um, See, knowing uh, other uh, podcasters and wrestling fans, I get to see uh, indie promotions kind of from, um, you know, like the Indiana area down in the the Georgia area and a few other places. And I've seen a couple of performers from both areas actually were on AEW promotions. So, you know, very exciting for uh, the guys and gals who work with, with those performers that they, they got them on TV, which is pretty so I would love to see a lot more of that if they were to bring in other uh, promotions. You know, seeing that with how AEW is working and they're not afraid to uh, let their wrestlers, say, go over to New Japan, like, you know, Moxley and, and Jericho, for that matter, and that they'll allow them a little leeway to do other things is, is really a great thing. It's it's a business move, in my opinion, at this point, that they're saying not only do you get this guaranteed contract with us, you get obviously all this exposure, but we're not going to keep you from basically doing anything to make more money and further build your character, which I think is brilliant. Uh, The next thing on AEW I want to talk about is it looks like from the segment they are actually setting up, and we, again, talked about this on, I don't know if it was last podcast or one before, how, you know, who was going to be Moxley's next opponent after he won the belt against Jericho. They appeared to set it up against Hager. Uh, He had a squash match where he looked great on AEW, and then, you know, he was doing the beatdown after the match, and it was actually uh, Moxley who came and made the save. Do you think that's where they're heading? Is that the right move right now? Quite honestly, I think it's going to make for a, an excellent move. Um, we very little of, um, oh, my God, uh, of uh, Hager yeah. in, in the ring. Sorry. Yeah, that, uh, yeah thank you. And um, but think that he's the big guy. He's the enforcer inner circle. Um, they can still kind of keep an inner circle and Moxley beef going. It does seem to make a lot of sense. And uh, with him being the 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 kind of the big unstoppable uh, guy right now, why not put him as the one who challenges for the title? I mean, Mox has put it out there. Hey, I'm taking on all comers, you know, and. 
the way that it looks like it's going, I'm quite interested to see how they're going to play this one out. I also think it's smart because, you know, Moxley is, he was big in WWE, but not, you know, gigantic. Like there's, there's so many giant men in WWE, but in AEW, uh, really with the exception of maybe Hager and Brody Lee and the, uh, what's the dinosaur's name? There's not very many guys in AEW who are bigger than him. Right. And if they want to, you know, use him as a face, which I know they're trying to make him more, or it appears to be more of a stone cold kind of anti-authority figure, uh, but it still is a lot easier to get sympathy and get behind, uh, you know, a face when he's facing somebody that's actually bigger than him. Because, I mean, he would dwarf, uh, you know, most of the guys on the roster. I was even surprised when he took on Omega in that very brutal match uh, on their first pay-per-view, how much bigger than even Kenny Omega he was. So to me, this, you know, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, listen, I'm loving the fact that AEW is bringing in a bunch of athletes. I have nothing against the large, the larger athletes, especially the ones who can move. I mean, don't get me wrong, especially – like the ones who aren't necessarily your big muscular guys, you know, like guys you're, like your Keith Lee or maybe even a Dom Dye coach. But the fact that they don't have uh, an organ fill of those and you can have a uh, Luchasaurus and, you know, Jack Hager be your, your monster guys, it makes for fantastic um, action in the ring because, you know, you look more like common day folks, which makes a lot more uh, likable, I, I think, for um, more average people. Absolutely. Um, so what are they doing with, with Jake the Snake? He, on the last AEW, and we have not gotten to discuss this since he showed up, uh, I guess he made a challenge to Cody. Cause he said bring all of his buddies for a match against Lance Archer, who they are debuting, trying to build up. Uh, Do you you see this working with Jake the Snake? Or, I mean, his first promo was great. I wasn't nearly as crazy uh, about his last one this last Wednesday, but do you think this is the right move to have another kind of veteran, um, I guess, lead a feud against Cody? Quite honestly, I think in terms of, for the promotion, yeah, I do. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, oh, for the promotion, right, yes, I do. do. I, <laughs> I, I think that in terms of bringing Jake in and um, the way that Jake can always cut uh, a very uh, cerebral promo. I mean, Jake was really good with doing that and getting in people's minds and doing the mind game thing. And I think bringing that in as well as introducing uh, a a new performer, uh, I think it's going to be a a home run. I I quite honestly have a feeling that Lance Archer is going to come in here and he's going to make a huge splash. I don't necessarily know if it's going to be a win, but we're going, I I have a feeling we're going to get wowed. And I really think that uh, Jake is going to be able to push this and, and be able to maintain uh, a, a good footing um, going forward, at least for the foreseeable next few months. 
the only negative I see about it is because Jake basically his entire wrestling career is under WWE and their promotions that they've bought out throughout the years, they can't really build up an audience that doesn't know him to why this matters so much, why it's such a big deal to have Jake the Snake Roberts. However, I will say that this is just, I mean, again, highlighting how smart AEW is that they have Cody Rhodes, who is, you know, again, outside of Jericho, their biggest name, at least from a standpoint of casual wrestling fans. You know, they kind of shocked us when they ended up, you know, having that stipulation when he fought Jericho that if he lost, he would never get to, you know, fight for the championship again, and he did. And we were like, what are they doing and since then, they are kind of almost having him in this, you know, alternate universe, almost kind of like The Undertaker, uh, you know, at WrestleMania, where they're still building good stories and putting a lot of time and effort into one of their main cogs, but it's not involving the belt. And it just, you know, they deserve credit for doing that with something that, you know, when they originally made that decision, it had a lot of people, ourselves including, kind of scratching their heads. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when it, it really makes me go back to uh, what I said before, like Cody really is all in for for AEW and he is doing everything and including the stories that he's been involved in. He's really pushing all the right buttons right now, but yet with his established name and they do, and it's not like, you know, he's going in and losing everything you know he has to earn his way he earns his strikes he gets his victories so it's not like we're talking about Cody's uh doing horribly he's doing everything in his power to build up the the right stories doing it in the right manner and then taking the right fall at the right time and advancing um the plot for the entire organization I really think it's fantastic work I love it. Uh, and interestingly enough, I don't even know if you've seen this because I saw this right before we started recording, but before we move on from AEW to WWE, AEW announced their inaugural TNT Championship Tournament beginning April 8th on Dynamite. It's an eight-man single-elation tournament, culminates with the final match at their next pay-per-view, Double or Nothing, uh, they're basically saying that wrestlers in the first half of the bracket will be revealed on Tuesday, March 31st on their AEW show, uh, which is, I believe, AEW Dark. And then the second half will be announced that Wednesday on AE Dynamite. Uh, and this might be how they end up getting Cody Rhodes a belt. I can definitely see that happening, but... I know you're you're for this because we've we've discussed this, you know, how big we are on secondary titles and giving them meaning. And this is a promotion that I have a hundred percent confidence that they'll know what to do with that. So I guess my question to you is, who do you think will win this belt, and who needs to win it? Holy crap! This is great. I'm literally just learning this as you're speaking it. I, I did not know that. I was actually doing they my They just sent out a press release. Oh, <laughs> man. See, this promotion is, like you said, exactly what we wanted. It's giving the people what they want. And a tournament-style, old-school fashion in, in the 
introduce it. I absolutely love it. Now, in terms of who I think will win, who? I don't know. Um, based on their uh, top talent right now, uh, I want to say Kenny Omega. And that's what you were saying about um, him being one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Now, unfortunately for myself, I didn't really get to see much of it um, after uh, AEW's inception and them starting to talk about who they were bringing in. I got to hear and see a little bit about him, but I didn't know. I did know he was the wrestler of the year. So um, I think that he's kind of the one that maybe for the fans who are aware of uh, his NJPW prowess would think that he needs it because I've also uh, had a couple of friends online speak of um, that they're disappointed that Omega is not kind of being um, more in the title picture. Who I want to win? Goodness, uh, we can go all over the place. Um, I mean, we can go with uh, Omega's tag team partner, Adam Page. Uh, we can go with Sammy Guevara. Uh, that kid, honestly, I can honestly see a mid-card title for him. Absolutely. He's going to be one of those guys who may be the one who comes out of it and has a nice three, four, maybe even five-month title reign or longer. I, I think that Hangman is the person that will probably win it just because of what they built up. It would be an easy way to, you know, expedite the Omega hangman. We know, you know, blow up that's going to come, but I would probably say the person that they should put it on is Darby Allen. I I think Mm. what we've seen, he has been arguably the best match performer week in and week out on the promotion. I'm talking about straight singles match. I actually think the tag team division has been better from a wrestling standpoint than the singles competition, but Darby has put on good match after good match. He's they're trying to get him over with the crowd and he was. And then just the fact that you know well, he's gonna put up good matches week in and week out, which is what I would imagine they're gonna go more of a worker, you know, with this first title with being, you know, the individual and Again, I want to take some credit because we said we wanted a TV title. The TNT Championship sounds like it's a TV title, so we kind of uh, called that. Um, Let's move on to WWE. This is Mania Week. We are now, and it's crazy to say this, just four days away from the first ever two-night Mania. Again, something that... uh, you know, we have talked about on this show before about whether or not they would eventually do it because the WrestleMania has gotten so long. And I, I used the example of just last year that they really didn't do any favors to Rhonda, you know, Becky or Charlotte, or the young fans who were staying up to watch that for that match to be, I think, like hour seven of the pay-per-view if you include the, the pre-show so they are going to two nights. I thought originally this was just because of the current situation, but from phone calls and, and reports from I've heard from you know WWE, 
Triple H basically said the exact same thing that I just said, that this has gotten to be, you know, too long. They feel like they're taking the spotlight away from, you know, a lot of their performers, putting them in difficult positions. So I'm not sure if this wasn't going to be the decision anyway. That we'll, we'll never know. But do you think it's a good idea that they're doing this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, listen, I'm the type of person that, you know, when – uh, I, I come home from work most nights, and I, I you know work nights, so I'm getting home sometimes ten or much later, and usually putting the pay per view on that night. And you know it's hard to do that on Mania night because listen, <laughs> I can't sleep all night the way I used. I'm not spring chicken anymore. So the fact that I decided to split this one up. Whether or not the situation of of you know the virus um, or not, this was something that was necessary for such a uh, long show. Because agreed, it does take away many great WrestleMania moments. You only wind up remembering two or three because you had so much crammed in. By the end of it, you're delirious. I completely agree with you. And in this situation, we just I mean I'm. I'm happy for content. That's that's two nights of something alive, which there's not a lot of that right now. So I'm I'm excited about that as well. Uh, have you heard about the WWE SmackDown title match? Uh, the the spoiler for it before we get into this. Uh, I have actually, unfortunately, okay. I, 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 I didn't follow well, I didn't too many boards. Bubble. Right. So, well, let's talk about it then. So, and this is, again, if you don't want to hear this, you want to go into Mania Fresh, that's fine, but you're going to want to fast forward through this part. Uh, So, it just came out Roman Reigns is not going to face Goldberg at WrestleMania. Uh, For people that are hating on it, Roman Reigns just battled leukemia two years ago. It would have been insane for him to be there, especially when supposedly he showed up. There were several wrestlers that had a fever. Uh, I think that spooked, from what I read, the Usos and Roman Reigns. Uh, Reigns, particularly, again, in his situation, doesn't surprise me at all. So, And, again, this is the other big spoiler out of this match. Uh, Braun Strowman is going to be the person who is replacing Reigns for the Mania match versus Goldberg. Uh, before I go to you, I just want to say I don't know what all the hate's for. I've seen a lot of people like saying this is a stupid decision, this and that. I personally think they picked the guy that I would have picked. It, they they should have given Strowman a moment like this, uh, honestly, a long time ago, and I'm glad that they're pulling the trigger now. If they're smart, they will have him squash Goldberg, and you have built whether you want to make him a monster face or a monster heel somebody that then you can have the Reigns and other superstars on SmackDown trying to dethrone. We already know Strowman has had many great matches versus Roman Reigns in the past. So you can go in any direction you want. Uh, Were you surprised by this? Angry? What do you think about Strowman? Is there somebody else you would have put in a match? Like, what do you think about all this news? Uh, Let's start from the beginning. 
to all the people who are hating on Roman Reigns, seriously, get a life. Like, get a life. Uh, I, I had a buddy, Josh, who had actually hit me up earlier today, and he um, had mentioned that. And I'm just like, you know, unfortunately, this just kind of goes into, as a whole, sometimes we, we show how, how dumb we are. So please, stop the hate. Uh, yep. Understanding about what's happening with this, um, I can completely understand. Roman Reigns needs to do what's best for himself and his family. That in that he pulled Rey Mysterio and Dana Brooke before all of this because uh, they had contracted. But I also just learned today that um, Corey Graves, Carmella, and one other person, um, Bobby Lashley, yes, so tested positive for the virus. So the fact that he wow. wants to remain as far away from well and just do what we're supposed to be doing, I, I get it. His his job and his show, his boss is pushing on. I, I didn't agree with the whole pushing on with WrestleMania, but as we see that this train is getting to that station regardless of how we <laughs> feel about it or not. Coming to Braun Strowman. We were just talking about just a couple of weeks ago of our love for Braun Strowman and how we feel he's been given a, a raw deal. So considering that uh, we all have kind of gotten a raw deal behind this entire situation, the fact that he's being put into the main event is something for me to smile about. And I agree with you. I hope he completely annihilates Goldberg. I hope this is the last time we ever see Goldberg with a championship <laughs> on his shoulder, around his waist. God, I love you, Goldberg, but bro, please, let, let these kids do their thing. It, 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 you know, your time's done. Let's get a Braun Strowman uh, championship. Heck, I'll even be, I'd even be happy with a heel turn. I'd be great with a heel yep. turn right now and have him just really uh, annihilate people and please give him a longer title in that intercontinental title run, please. Yeah. If you can't but, yeah. build up a, a monster without letting him be a monster. And it's weird. They, they kind of started it several times and then always ended it before it really gains, you know, the momentum it needs I will say the one person that I was hoping for and actually thought that's what they were going to do because it's such a layup. Uh, and I'm really not disappointed with the, the Strowman thing, but, man, why not put Kofi in the title match? He never got a rematch for his belt. He's on mm. the brand. I mean, that's such a win to have Kofi versus Goldberg. And, like, I mean, you want to talk about an upset. And I even said you could turn Kofi mm. heel, kind of to your point. If that's what it had to do to win the belt, because he's like, you know, I'm not going to lose my title to another part-timer. It just, that's the one kind of avenue they could have taken that I don't know if they considered it or not, but I think that would have been the best move. I like it. I would, and I would have been completely behind it. And, you know, it's weird how as as you get older, you're fine with kind of rooting for heels more than you were when you were a kid. Yeah. Or maybe it's just me. <laughs> no, that's, I think it's everybody. Uh, there's some other really good stuff on WWE right now that I want to highlight. Uh, let's start with, 
Uh, Drew Gollick, who has been feuding with Daniel Bryan in a interesting turn of events, he actually won Daniel Bryan an opportunity for the Intercontinental title at Mania for a match I'm really excited for against Sami Zayn, uh, defeating Shinsuke. Do you like? Do you have any idea where they're going with the storyline? I'm excited about it, but I can't figure out what they're doing because Drew's not even in the match. And I'm assuming that means he's going to have to either help or interfere, but I just can't figure out what they're doing with this Drew Daniel Bryan uh, storyline. Do, do you know, or do you think you know where they're going? Yeah, no, I don't. Um, honestly, after what had happened uh, at the, the great match that they had put on at Super Showdown or whatever, and everything leading up to that, I w- was thinking, I don't know who uh, Drew Gulag uh, brought the gift to or whatever, whoever he made happy in the behind the scenes to get the push that he's getting. Uh, but it definitely worked. That being said, he did put on a fantastic match with Shin. I am surprisingly interested in following this story and seeing where it's going. Um, getting Daniel Bryan uh, back with a, a title picture uh, is a great move. I think him and Sami Zayn are going to tear the house down. Quite honestly, I do hope Sami Zayn beats him, but I do believe uh, Daniel Bryan will actually win. Sami definitely needs to win more. He's earned this moment. Daniel has had arguably two of the biggest, hell, three, if you want to count his comeback match with Shane McMahon, uh, you know, moments in recent Mania history. I would love to see, because, you know, Sammy's been bringing in all these heels that are kind of underutilized. I think it'd be great if Drew ends up being the latest, even though he's been feuding with them. You know, he basically turns on Daniel, costs him the match, Mm. and then he can let Daniel and Drew continue to feud. And as you're saying, you still have, you know, the IC title and whoever they're going to make the next uh, Sami Zayn, uh, you know, contender or competitor. Uh, the other really good storyline that they just threw together, but I, I got to give them credit. Well, actually, I don't want to give them credit. I just want to say this is how amazing Bailey and Sasha are. They've kind of put together the six-pack challenge. I mean, they're bringing in Tamina Snuka, who I I love Tamina. I think she was great in her role, but, I mean, she literally has not been on television for I couldn't tell you how long, and now she's in the Mm six-pack challenge. Like, where the hell did she come? But everybody is so excited because we just know this is leading to the Sasha Bailey feud that, that we really wanted for, God, they've been teasing for, it seems like, years uh, since they've been called up to the main roster. I know they had a great one in NXT. Uh, have you seen some of the stuff that they're doing online? This is another feud where they're doing a very good job with social media, YouTube videos, uh, where I know Sasha was very upset right after the match had been announced, saying they're friends, they're doing a good job of tweeting stuff. I mean, is it inevitable that this is going to be one of the two getting screwed over for the other one to win the belt at Mania? Um, I hope so. Uh, And honestly, I kind of see it as a way to possibly put um, Sasha back in the picture, or this might be their time to uh, try to put 
Lacey Evans over and something happens where Sasha and Bailey blow up. Either way you cut it, um, as much as uh, you may have heard me, you know, complain about uh, Sasha's in-ring work, Sasha really is a, a great performer. And what her and Bailey are putting together uh, is going great. I just pray she continues to be safe in the ring. But other than that, they're putting on a, a really great feud. I haven't seen the social media stuff, but the fact that uh, these days our sports entertainers are taking their personalities to social media, I'm really enjoying as a whole. So I really do see it as, as it's going to be a blow up. And whether it's Lacey or, or Sasha coming out of there with the belt, or maybe help, maybe it's even Bailey who winds up uh, sneaking, sneak attacking um, Sasha to retain. But, yeah, uh, a blow-up is imminent, and seeing them two go at it uh, is, is going to be some, some really good action uh, once they get it together in the ring. Yeah, I think they are definitely going to implode. I mean, at least if they tease us one more time, it's like, goodness gracious, WWE. Because, I mean, this literally, I was trying to think back. I think it's like almost a year ago was when they first teased this Break up and then have just teased. And yeah, teased right after Bailey won the title the first time. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. So, but I, I love what you just said because actually I think the smart thing for them to do would be to let one of the other four girls win the belt because I don't think Sasha and Bailey need the title for that to be you know one of the more entertaining things in WWE for the months moving forward. So, this is where hopefully, if you really think about it. Do they really need the belt? No. So why not elevate mm. somebody else and then still have the same feud in place? Uh, so mm-hmm. I hope that's the direction that they end up going. The last match I want to talk about, uh, and there's two other things that I just want to make sure you saw this week. Uh, I don't know if you have heard, if you're listening, but they have announced that the John Cena versus Bray Wyatt, the Fiend match, is going to be a Firehouse Funhouse match. I have no idea what that means. Do you have any idea or what you think is in store for this match with what they're calling it and not really giving any explanation of what exactly it's going to be? I have no idea what it's going to be. Um, I'm almost wondering if it's going to be a literal uh, fight on the set of the Funhouse where it's the, uh, you know, the Mr. Rogers looking room and then maybe it gets into the fiends room. I, I, I really have no idea. Uh, but it, it, it just, it's kind of frustrating because it's like, stop creating new types of matches. We've got, uh, we've got quite the vast array to choose from of well-established yeah. match types. Can we just kind of keep it something a little more simple? Like, does John Cena really need uh, uh, something outside of just being in a ring for WrestleMania to put on a great performance? No. But I'm going to wait and hope that that they do have some really great ideas for this because I I can't imagine that Cena is going to want to put on a production that's going to be lackluster. And with the way that Bray has made this entire – um, fiend gimmick work. Uh, I, I just hope that they don't let us down with what they're going to present for this type of match. 
I will say I have more faith in this match than the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and Undertaker, which is another mm. match that we don't really know what it is. And, I mean, let's be honest, and I love The Undertaker, uh, but he's had more really lame kind of segments, I guess, because I, I think that's what it's going to be. They're going to do a lot of taping on this. And I actually am excited to see – I mean, I know we pick on Cena, but he's an actor, and, I mean, Cena can talk. And with how committed Bray Wyatt's been to this firehouse and, and, and this character, the Fiend, I actually think it would be really interesting. So I'm, I'm actually more looking forward to this match, but I'm really scared about the Boneyard match, not if they make it just a wrestling match, because I think AJ Styles is one of the few guys on the roster who could still get a good match out of The Undertaker. But if they try to do a lot of, you know production-type stuff, which they're obviously going to be able to do because they tape these early, I'm much more worried about that being lame than the firehouse match. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Either way, you know, I'm going to tune in. I'm, you know, I'm going to keep tuning in. You know, and that's why I try not to you be watch? so <laughs> harsh. Exactly. I try not to be so harsh, but, you know, I'm hoping that they, they have something uh, – cool planned in store and not, you know, some over the top, uh, kind of put together thing. Uh, I, I'm just going to keep hope that they'll, they'll get it all right. And, you know, I've said it recently, they really have an opportunity here. I actually, one of the things that happened on, uh, SmackDown that it got some crap on Twitter and stuff. I thought it was produced really well was between, Elias and Corbin, where Corbin basically pushed him off of a, I don't know, like a 15, 20-foot fall. And, again, because they were able to tape this and, and do all kinds of stuff, it was produced really well. Like, it actually looked real. It looked like you were watching a movie. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were obviously mocking it because they're like, oh, he's okay, he just fell 20 feet. It's like, yeah, it's wrestling. Like, I mean, you know, a stunner will automatically give somebody to go down for a three count. Like, let's not try to get <laughs> – you know, too snooty <laughs> as wrestling fans. That's not really our ammo. So I'm hoping, like, they're they're getting a little bit better, you know, because that was one of the better produced things I had seen yet, actually, you know, for a match or physical confrontation since they've gone to this. And it's why it gives me hope because, again, there is a lot of really interesting matches on this Mania card uh, that – even if just half of them are really entertaining for what's going on right now and the fact that they're giving us something fresh, I'm very thankful for it, and I am looking forward to it. Uh, Speaking of Mania matches, have you seen the amazing Drew McIntyre video that was posted, I believe, yesterday of him training uh, in Scotland with – uh, the Scottish guy, while he's picking up the giant boulder, it is fantastic. So, I actually didn't know about it until you um, told me until we had uh, when you had messaged me about what we were going to talk about, and I was like, you know what? Let me watch this just so that I can be completely hip. And I watched it, and man, I have to ask you: Is it me, or did this that video kind of? take you back to the Shawn Michaels before he had won his uh, first heavyweight title match. 
like that kind of promo where it was showing Sean doing like the upside down push-ups against the wall and all that kind of crazy stuff. And I was like, man, this is really well put together. I gave us a little bit of Parmesan at the end with the Rocky (laughs) four kind of thing, but you know, as a whole, what an amazing video. It, It was very well, very well done, very well put together. That is the one thing I will predict for both manias because it's the most underrated part of WWE programming. And, I mean, you can go back, honestly, all the way to at least the WrestleMania area where they do such good lead-up packages, promos for their matches. And I know for a fact because of the limitations, because of having no fans, they're going to have to build up tension because they're not going to have that audience. I think you're going to see some amazing uh, stuff like this going into the matches to hype it up. I mean, I've been saying for years the biggest difference between UFC and WWE right now is UFC can't figure out how to do a promo package like WWE could because if they could, <laughs> it would be really dangerous because, I mean, they just – they always find the right song, the right, you know – Fights the right. They, they, that is the thing that they are constantly the best anywhere about doing. And I'm talking about any sport. And when you see a video like this, it reminds you of that. And it's why it gives me hope that there's going to be some really cool stuff in WrestleMania, even if the matches are a little weird. Totally agree with you, man. Uh. So the last thing I want to talk about today, and again, we will do a Mania uh, preview podcast. We're going to try to do it live. We're going to try to have people call in. We will post information on that. But The Rock has been getting a lot of attention lately in the wrestling world and has been giving tons of uh, cool information on, like, Instagram Live and stuff like that. He uh, posted a video earlier in the week recounting his match against Stone Cold, the last one, at, I believe it was WrestleMania 19, uh, how they were the only ones. I mean, obviously WWE knew, but, the, you know, the fans, nobody knew that was Stone Cold's last match. The Rock and Stone Cold did. Now he, you know, took three rock bottoms to put them down. And then what he said to him uh, when pinning him was just he loved him, how much it meant to him, and thank you. And uh, I went back and watched it. He literally, I mean, you can see that's exactly what he said. He patted him on the chest exactly like it. Uh, The other really interesting thing that came out this week was The Rock came up with his Mount Rushmore list. And he said Hogan, Stone Cold, Ric Flair. And then he goes back and forth between the Macho Man, Buddy Rogers, Bruno Sammartini, and Dusty Rhodes. So there's two things I want to talk about here. One... We know The Rock doesn't really slip between those four guys. He left that four spot <laughs> open because he didn't want to say himself, and he knows he's on a ton of Mount Rushmore lists for wrestling, right? Absolutely. Okay. And then second, do we agree, because I've read several places, that you can't make a list without Hogan, Stone Cold, and Flair? I mean, if you really look at it, and me this list, I, I was like, I can understand, and I hope you know he's not taking too much flack. 
for this list because honestly, Hulk Hogan, he has to be there. And if Hulk Hogan's going to be there, Ric Flair has to be there because if it weren't for these two guys, these are the guys who brought wrestling into everyone's homes. Basically wrestling wouldn't be where, where it is without those two men hands down. I can honestly agree with the stone cold thing because he was the one who helped uh, usher in the era after them and keeping the torch going. And so of course that's where the rocks place would probably also be. From the other people on the list, I mean, first we got the the, the original Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers. Yep. So that goes without saying. We got Bruno Sammartino, probably before Hulk Hogan, the most famous World Wrestling Federation champion of all time. The Macho Man, I mean, we just got finished singing his accolades on our uh, previous WrestleMania show. I mean, we can, and we can probably still go another half hour about that. The Madness. And then, absolutely. And then lastly, um, uh, I believe it was Dusty Rhodes on there. And right. yeah, okay. Some people, you know, some people from the outside be like, well, Dusty doesn't really have the accolades. Well, let's look at it. Dusty actually has a long line of championships but more importantly, his mind and what it has done and what it is continuing to do for the sport of professional wrestling is almost unmatched. And because of that mind is one of the reasons uh, why a person like Chris Jericho is uh, flourishing even to this day, even though some would say he's at an advanced age. So. I can see the talk for all of it. I'm just hoping that people realize it's this is a who's your favorite. So if it's The Rock's favorite, don't get mad at The Rock because that's The Rock's favorite. Have your own and then be done with it. I want it so bad to argue the other point that, you know, those three do not definitely belong on any Mount Rushmore list. But honestly, like, yeah, Hogan's a dickhead. Uh, he said some terrible Majorly. and awful things, but but he's Hogan. I mean, he literally built WWF. Like Vince McMahon is obviously a very smart man. He's built an empire, but it's like the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick thing. There would be no WWF without Hulk Hogan, just like there would be no Patriots dynasty without, you know, Brady or Belichick. So he has to be on there. I love what you said about Flair. I didn't even think about that. I was just going to say he was the best all-around performer ever, but you're right. He also was building a huge wrestling fan base through TBS, through NWA, through WCW. So he played a vital role in that. And then Stone Cold is the reason uh, that wrestling exploded to the heights that it made it to. And that's why I agree with you that it would be hard to not include The Rock because he was just – that's important in that, and you could argue even more so in making it mainstream because of the career he would go on to and the fact that he still came back and wrestled. And I think people sort of poo-poo, which, you know, for The Rock, that, that makes sense, but they they forget or gloss over the fact this guy's like the biggest movie star in the world, and in the middle of him becoming the biggest movie star in the world – he came back and wrestled matches, like on Mania, to help 
WWE at a time that they were struggling. He tore his pectoral in their first Mania match, still came back the next year and fought, which I'm sure whatever movie contracts he had, uh, they weren't too thrilled about that. And he's just, he's as important to wrestling as any guy ever. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, he's not a a great wrestler. And it's like, no offense, other than (laughs) Flair, none of the guys on that list are great wrestlers. Now, Steve Austin was a great wrestler before he had all the injuries. Like, go back and watch the stunning Steve and and WCW. He could go, like, really go. And it's just Flair, Sam with long blonde hair. Uh, but once he well, had those injuries, yeah. his moveset was limited, right? Like most wrestlers, actually. So I mean, look at Brock Lesnar these that, days. Exactly. So you got those two guys. I mean, Flair was a great wrestler. He belongs on the list. I, 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 I stand by it. He's the greatest all-around performer because he was great in the ring. He was great on the mic. He was great for the, you know, the character persona. Uh, I mean, he lived the life. Watch the 30 for 30 documentary. But I do want to talk about the four that, that he listed just outside of it. You know, you said you got Buddy Rogers, who all you need to know about Buddy is he's the man who basically – uh, was the idol or the role model to the nature boy. He based his character on Buddy Rogers, so that's how great he was. Think about ahead of his time he was at that mm-hmm. point. Uh, we've talked mm-hmm. about Macho Man. I think, you know, Macho and Dusty actually are the, I think, two of the most underrated guys in the history of the business. Uh, Macho, I mean, I try to tell people, not only was he a great wrestler, not only have on the titles, he, he was mainstream. I mean, before really wrestling was mainstream, thanks to snapping to a mm-hmm. swim gym, thanks to things like the Spider-Man cameo. Uh, and sadly, he passed away, or we would still be hearing about the Macho Man constantly. Yeah. I truly believe that. He would be an AEW or something, you know, or either Vince would have finally got over what happened. Uh, and then, you know, Dusty... There's a finish named after him. You, you spoke to his mindset. Literally, a dusty finish is because basically it was Dusty Rhodes who was smart enough to realize, so we need to figure out a way for a guy to retain the title while getting heel heat, making the face look strong, and making the audience want to see the rematch. And, I mean, that's basically what a dusty finish is. is some shenanigans, some way that – the match ends that there's no clear winner and you basically can have a rematch and that's how you make money. And I mean, that's what WWE does all the time now. And to your point, he has really built a generation of wrestlers. Uh, you talked to the Becky Lynch's, the Roman Reigns, the Seth Rollins, all those guys. Dusty was such a big point or a big figure in the performance center you know, teaching these guys about the biz, wrestling, uh, and it really did rock the WWE when he passed away. So uh, he definitely belongs on there. And then Bruno, I mean, what was he champion, like nine years, right, in a row or something crazy? Consecutively, something like something insane like that. I mean, think about that today. You, It's amazing when you have a CM Punk title reign or I guess you could say Brock Lesnar recently, where they're champion for a year, especially mm. when it's more like CM Punk, where they're they're 
constantly defending the title, unlike Lesnar, who probably had eight matches in the you know the twelve months or whatever. Uh, and this guy did this for a decade. And I mean, he's boring to me. I've watched his matches. I don't get it. But regardless, he was able to grow the company as the champion and not be stale for a decade. And that is in its like self just mind-boggling. Uh, but I, I know you're going to agree with me. I think the guy that is going to end up challenging the Rock for that fourth spot is Chris Jericho, who nobody would have said this even five years ago when he came back with a yeah. blinking jacket yeah. and didn't say anything for three weeks. Uh, but he just continues to reinvent himself. He continues to get better. He continues to just provide so much joy for wrestling fans. And the dude can still do a line salt with a beer gut at 50 years old. He can still go in the ring. Like, yes, his skills are diminishing, but it reminds me a lot of Ric Flair when he first came back to WWE. Um, I guess it was like the early 2000s when he was around the same age. And you watch some of those Flair matches, they're great. And the dude's like 53 years old and kind of out of shape. But still can drop that knee, but can still do that knee drop into the role like yep. nobody's daggone business, though. Smooth, effortless, and like can just, is a machine. So, yeah, Chris Jericho it does continue to amaze me. Like, you can tell Chris is definitely, you know, putting in his time in the gym. But it's just, you know, you get to a certain age where it's just, you know, that, that spare tire is probably not going to ever go anywhere <laughs> un, unless he, like, completely changes his diet or whatever the case may be. But he keeps and not thin enough that he... <laughs> But, yes, uh, God, it's just, just another just amazing thing that he was actually able to capitalize off of that. I'm so happy that they were able to do that, and I hope people brought that champagne too. But, yeah, no, he keeps himself in shape and can still go and still is managing to be on top. And I, I honestly think he could probably do this another few years, um, vying right there for the title as well and keeping it relevant and putting on great performances at the same time. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's always interesting, and I, I like what you said. It's wrestling. So, I mean, you're Mount Rushmore. You know, it's your opinion. I do think, though, if you're really trying to do it, you have to look at, you know, what they did for the business, obviously, is the bigger thing than even their skills in the ring because, Definitely. I mean, that's what it's about is wrestling's got to continue. And, you know, the legend has to continue. And the three names – and that's why I think The Rock, honestly, is the fourth. Is I mean, the four names I think of when I think of wrestling are those four. And then you got guys like Undertaker, Macho Man, those type of dudes. But those are the first four names that I think of. Uh, and I would imagine those are the names that most people that don't even watch wrestling could, you know, give you. Um, so well, we flew through all that. And I do want to get together, like I said, either Thursday or Friday. We'll do just a... Uh, you know, go through all the matches. I think they're up to 14, I saw, which is, uh, again, glad that they're going uh, with the, the two-night card. Let's do this real quick before we yeah. get out of here because we'll, we'll break down the matches on that one. Because we asked this before. What match do you think is going to headline Saturday and which match will headline Sunday? Um, 
Saturday, I think we're going to go home with the Universal title, either the Universal title or maybe Becky and, and Shayna, and, and however that turns out. That's going to be an interesting um, turn of events. The other night, I think... Uh, I don't know. Can't take it home with the fiend and, and John Cena because it's going to be it's going to be a sad and the sad and even though most of us wrestling fans will be happy with with the ending, so yeah. I, I'm I'm only imagining that the other one's going to have to be the other title match with um with Lesnar and Drew. See, I think they're going to go either like an Edge Orton. Or I mean, even in AJ Styles, under t- they're gonna. I just think that they're probably gonna mm, go with something different see. on Sunday because there's not a crowd. They don't have to worry about the reaction. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be literally almost like what's the best storyline if they're smart, and that would be, in my opinion, Orton and Edge. Like that would be the one that I think the most people are looking forward to. I don't think that that's the one match you could argue even if it was in a perfect world right now. They don't need a they don't need a crowd. I mean that's that's personal. You know what I'm saying? That's between two dudes that right now hate each other. Uh but obviously they like to go home happy and I don't know where they're going with the Edge Orton thing. I kind of get the feeling that they're going to extend it cuz they're going to want to have a moment in a crowd with those two because mm. I think the fans would lose their mind. And I would assume that would mean Orton would have to probably win the Mania match, and that probably makes it less likely to be the last match. Uh, I hope that if they're you know gonna not have that match, I'm with you that give if Mac. I hope McIntyre is gonna win, and if so, why not give him his moment? You just had this great you know video package about it and the dedication and how much it means to him. Uh, give him his moment, but I believe I saw a spoiler, and again, this is a spoiler, that uh, I thought I saw that that match is going to be on Saturday, and they've already announced it's not going to be the main event or last match. Wow. Yeah, wow. That's where all okay. to. You know what? Yep. Well, if, if that's the only spoiler from it, then I'm fine. Just honestly, give that man his moment, though. Uh, I, I think he, he well deserves it, and over this Last half year, he's put in a lot of great efforts and such. I, I didn't quite understand how the, the the face turn worked in there, but I'm okay with it. Give give that man his shot. You know, it, it, don't do what you did to Braun Strowman, where you, you built him up to the right moment and then you didn't give it to him. Give this man his moment. Give it for the. the I mean, for especially for a fluid storyline with this right now. Please let us get this Drew McIntyre championship. And I do feel like a little deja vu of the Diesel, like, build in the sense that I don't think they really planned on making Diesel a champion. Or at least let's put it this way. They speed rushed to that result, and the crowd really got behind them. I was shocked, and it is true, that one of the highest uh, revenue periods from house shows in the history of WWF, WWE was when he was the champion. Uh, and wow. I get a lot of that with Drew McIntyre, that he was the guy that, you know, I don't think they had this plan for him, and just the crowd 
kind of jumped onto them after the fact that they tried to push them and it didn't really work, and they just, you know, smartly are riding the wave. And I just, you know, we've been really positive, so I'm going to say hopefully they don't screw this up. But, uh, Ronnie, you got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, well, just my Facebook page. Get your credit lit with Ronnie Tinsley. You can find me on Facebook. Um, let's talk. And uh, please pray for my co-host, Alan. For, uh, we do the backdoor cover. It's IB Sports Weekly Gambling Podcast. I mean, it's dark days for Alan. He, he's called me every time he sees a horse race that's going to happen in, like, New Orleans. or, And I'm just like, is this really what it's came to? He even did some play money bets on uh, video games, which I've heard has picked up some popularity. So he is really struggling right now. I'm not sure if we're going to do another episode of it this week because there's very little to talk about right now, but we are trying to provide content. So uh, we may try to do at least a short one. But me and Ronnell will be back uh, later this week to do the full WrestleMania preview podcast. Uh, if you have not, please rate and review the IB Sports Podcast. That's for this podcast, Team Turnbuckle. That is for the Backdoor Cover, our gambling podcast. It's for the RC Report with the man, the myth, the legend, RC Carlton, and also the NBA show uh, with Alan and Corey Carlton. So there is uh, many reasons that we would appreciate rating and reviewing it. And uh, we will see you guys soon. It is Mania Week. Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear?